Hi, I'm Joel. And I'm Kishan. And this is Tea for Two. This is our BFF podcast where we talk about anything from science to popular culture, the arts, and life in Singapore. Hi everyone, it's me Joel, a playwright and performer And it's me Kishan, a science educator And welcome back to T42 It is our best friend podcast Yay. Where we talk about whatever other fish, fish soup, soup. <laughs> we mm. want oh, Fish I, soup lah. I love fish soup, I have a question for you about fish soup Yes please You like with milk or without milk? No milk Me too For various reasons right eh, why? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Lactose intolerance <laughs> Yeah but it's like five seconds in only I yeah, bring you up. Top, okay. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, no, yeah, but yeah. if they put milk in the fish soup, right? Actually, it means they've not created a rich enough stock because fish bones are oh, so rich in. They're gelatin, trying to get away with it, is it? Or they're just kind of like I feel like artificially thickening the stock. I see. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. That's very yeah, interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's You're my right. that's my theory. Yeah, right, my theory. It's rich in gelatin. Yeah, yeah. Mm, crack, mm. Crack. Mm. I love it though. It's nice. Everybody loves fish soup, especially OLs. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, it's what they eat. Like it's very healthy. Crack, like. crack, you know. Mm. Yeah, I was just, like, just thinking about how like when you go to a shopping mall in Singapore, right? Mm. You know the most number one uh like the number one danger in a shopping mall is you you're on the escalator, right? And then like you're getting off and then the old, the bunch of OLs in front of you. Side note, OLs means office ladies. The OLs are uh, during lunchtime they will stand at the escalator. Oh, have a and meeting block, right? and have a yeah. conference and then block oh, everybody crack, crack, crack. and then they'll be like, mm, I think I want to choose more. I think I feel like uh, mm. I, got, mm, I think yeah, Korean chicken mm. a bit heavy. Uh. Yeah, they make all these noises. Mm. Mm, uh, mm, yeah. uh, fish soup again. And then be like, <laughs> be like, excuse me. Yeah, next time, you know, when you're in a mall, you just need to shout, just go eat your fish soup, lah. Don't think so much. Fish soup, just go eat fish soup, lah. go, yeah, 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 Fish soup aside, how have you been, Joe? Ah, pretty fishy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Um, I just want to say, after last week's episode where we got very drunk and then I basically just kind of like spilled my guts about my mental health situation mm. um, to the world. Shed la, yeah, shed. Shed, shed. Mm. I received so many beautiful, heartwarming, uh, encouraging messages from That's so nice. literally not a single negative comment. Which that's, is, that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course. Yeah. Know, new for me, I knew. <laughs> Thank you very much. Like I, 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 I mean, like I, I appreciate everybody reaching out. Some of you even sent yeah. me some like mental health resources. Which people are, have been very generous. And people have been very generous with their um, kindness, and also offers of like uh, you know support. You know, in, oh. in many ways. So I feel very held yeah. and uh, very. We want to cheers to you, lah, uh, listeners. Yeah. Cheers to you. Can hear or not? Can hear or not? We do one more time. We do one more time. <laughs> yeah, it's proof that we're in the same room. Correct. It's proof, lah. Correct. Correct. <laughs> So thank you very much, dear listeners. Mm, um, yes. and thank you everybody who also tagged Sheng Xiong um, yeah. <laughs> to kind of put pressure on the hashtag. It's, it's crazy how many people are tagging Sheng Xiong. Uh, hashtag Sheng Xiong sponsorship campaign. I'm half, <laughs> I'm half excited and also half a bit frightened. Like, what happens if it actually happens? Yeah, no. Next time I, I I go to the safe entry into the Sheng Xiong near my house, right? They will say, "Oh, this one targeted. Don't, yeah, don't, don't let her in. Don't they let her in." <laughs> You How have you been in the in, oh. Has it been two weeks Since we recorded Two weeks oh, Yeah geez. Like past the March holidays And now one week back Into school I'm feeling like Very bleh, Feeling very grey I think, mm, think grey Is the colour we land on Yeah Grey but whatever like, Just plodding on like, And yeah. you know Like you say Sometimes it's the best We can hope for So you know I'll, I'll cheers to that <laughs> Oh cheers too. again Cheers again Yeah <laughs> So it's been two weeks We've got quite a lot To talk about We've got a lot we? to talk yeah, about Shall we get on with the episode Let's, let's get on with it <laughs> Alright, it's time for our very first segment of the day. 
Are you home, Charlie? It's the segment Charlie. in which we discuss an aspect of life in Singapore that either fascinates or horrifies us very often. Oh, then what's up for the chopping block today? Today we're going to talk about housing. Dum, dum, dum. Are you housing? Like? Yeah, this is our sound effect of the day. <laughs> Because got doorbell. <laughs> because got doorbell. <laughs> Why are we talking about housing? Because it's quite close to our hearts, right? Yeah, I know. I, I, I turn thirty five soon. Oh yeah, and I turn thirty five next year. Yeah. So housing's been on the mind, hasn't it? It's been on, it's been on my mind. Do we want to? Do we want to clarify a little bit for our five foreign listeners? Oh, for our five yeah. foreign listeners. Five so, foreign listeners and the Singaporeans who are listening who are n- don't know these cuttings. <laughs> what? <laughs> So apparently in Singapore You can't buy a house on your Sorry, own Sorry not apparently No apparently <laughs> It is true In Singapore you cannot buy uh, An HB flat On yeah. your own uh, Until you reach 35 Correct Yeah And so that, that makes it very difficult mm. Because if not I have to buy private property I have to very buy like a expensive. condo very Which expensive. is really really expensive yeah. So I'm just waiting Till I turn 35 So that I can get an HDB Correct And I finally turned 35 In a few months Congrats Yeah I know And so I Started looking And also because All my friends around me Start to turn 35 you know, and yeah, so like, this is the thing, the, like a lot of our friends yeah. are now in the market for houses and like mm. um, you know buying houses, renovating mm. houses, and it's very interesting. Yes. Yeah. So I I, I don't know. I, I started getting excited about it. Like I, I didn't think I would. I didn't think I'd get very excited about it, this. Why wouldn't you be excited about it? I don't know. I just, it just felt like very mundane. But then I, how is getting your own home a mundane thing? I don't know lah. I just I, I don't know. I just want to go against the grain. But anyway, <laughs> I'm now very excited by it. Yeah. And what neighborhoods I, are you looking at? And uh? yeah, I'm just like zo- zooming in on neighborhoods. So I'm looking my my dream neighborhood is Marine Parade. Oh, classic. What? Obvious. <laughs> you just. You just want to be one of those people, those no. like marine terrace, marine view, ocean drive Fuck people. Off. No, I I want to be remember because I want to live near the sea. Uh, I okay, really yeah. just want to live near East Coast Park. I want to live near the sea. I just want to o- look, open my window and like you know do that drama moment. You just walk and you look into the ocean. Ah, uh, then I was like, go on naga come out. <laughs> <you."> <laughs> <laughs> you want you want live in the sea? Come, come pass through it, <laughs> We got sea, we got mangrove. Uh, also can. Yeah, we but, got we got one, uh, we got one pony stable, you know. <laughs> Every day I run, I go and see. Yeah. Is this still running with the COVID? With the pony stable? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think the ponies get COVID. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but other than Marine Parade, I also have like the whole Kalang or Junit area, right? Because. Near Longkang's right. Which also gives them the uh, so You just want some kind of like Aquatic element <laughs> I want an aquatic uh, element It's for the feng shui right <laughs> Yeah so I, I, I really want these neighbourhoods And I'm, I, I've actually been looking And I And I'm uh, I have an agent at hand already Oh okay Right mm. 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 That's the things are getting very serious Things are getting very serious oh, mm. Yeah so I'm quite excited about it I actually don't really feel That there is a very distinctive Difference between neighbourhoods In Singapore I disagree right. I think I think uh, Neighbourhoods have a character Sure Like like, like if you think Tiong Baru What do you think about? Uh, gays with dogs Yeah <laughs> Got character one right like Yeah but I Oh okay I get what you mean so But Tiong Baru, Baru is an anomaly You see It's where all the rich gays Go and live No auntie I, I think I think. Okay it's rich gays And like um, Something like Old Teochew ah, and, expats expats. And, and old Teochew people Old Teochew people I, I'm just saying that What yeah. Okay I, I, no, I, I don't think it's just I don't think it's just Tiong Baru I don't think it's an anomaly I think all these neighbourhoods Got their own distinct okay, how characteristics would you actually, How would you describe Like the vibe at Tiong Baru That like, uh, like gays ex- with dogs Gays with dogs ex- Expats I mean okay The architecture there is it's The reason I say Tiong Baru is an anomaly Is because I feel like The architecture in Tiong Baru Is very different So you know it's like The older style of flats And they're not high rise sure. And then like I mean now obviously It's kind of like The hipster gentrification Of the area Yeah let like it lah yeah. Then it's the same with East Coast East Coast also got that feel ah, But then if you go All the way to Pongol 
what is the what 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 are the adjectives you would use? Uh, uh Pongo, uh, filing cabinet. I've <laughs> used I've used this analogy before. <laughs> you have filing cabinet. Though. You have. I mean, okay, give Pongo a chance. Give Pongo a chance. <laughs> it's I don't like think anyone has no, said okay, that phrase. There, okay, Pongo is generally like um. Yuppies with one-year-old children. Correct lah. Right? So, so yeah. that's that's the feeling. That's the character. It has, yeah, yeah, la. yeah. It's the sound of flip-flops at the mall. Children, children, you know, like water features. But then also sun, but also suntan lotion because Why? there's a lot of Cancer. water spots. <laughs> God, hey, can from Pongo you can walk or cycle to Coney Island. That's true. And then there's a lot. Of, actually, Pongo is quite nice lah. Some of the <laughs> some of the, <laughs> the nicer parts are like you know like along the. Uh, there's this like little um, rivulet that comes in from the I big know, river, yeah, right? And yeah. then it's a beautiful, gorgeous, okay. like water rhine environment, river rhine environment. The only reason I would never stay in Pongo is because there's too many children. Because it's a very young neighborhood. Because the flats are all built. You uh, think Marine Parade no children? Uh? The Marine Parade are very old people, man. Marine Parade is not an old people neighborhood. Sister, the house were built in like the 1960s or 1970s or something like that. Okay. There are a lot of old people there. Really, man? Yeah, there's a lot of people there. I think nothing compares to Amokyo when it comes to old people. Amokyo is uh, Lee Sin Long's uh, GRC. Uh. Is it really? <laughs> oh, yeah. So. This is Lee Sin Long's That's GRC. All about, that's why. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, only got old people there, what? You know, Lee Sin Long's GRC. So, I, I know, I, when I think of Amokyo, I think of the zoo. <laughs> I because oh. there's like a bus to take to the zoo. So, I always think about the zoo. Amokyo is near the zoo, man. There's a bus that goes to the to zoo. Mandaya. From, uh, from the Amokyo MRT station. So, I always think about the zoo. I also see Amokyo with the zoo. I actually, okay. So, like, I have a soft spot for Amokyo because like my family uh, lived in Amokyo. When I was very little, I lived in Amokyo. So, yeah. I don't really, I have very vague memories of the area. But it's one of the older, old, it is. older towns, right? It's and quite like, a mature yeah, 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 estate. It's quite a mature estate. Correct. Yeah, but I guess the predominant <laughs> smell of Amokyo for me is like, uh, French Penny uh. No I was going to say <laughs> X brand oil <laughs> Oh On brand uh, Yeah that's very good Very good Very good Very good I heard a very funny joke About Abokyo recently What is it So a bunch of friends And I after we did this concert Right uh, Went to The concert I talked about In the last episode We went mm. to uh, Robertson Key Right For uh, Robertson Key for supper Right mm. And then we were just Looking around And it's like it's really expat central, right? And then like, I, like we started feeling a bit uncomfortable about it because it really looked like this entire part of town that was created just for like more pleasure, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like duh. even you go to certain part of um, Robertson Key, even looks a bit like a kind of Spanish piazza. Yeah, you know abso- I mean? absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. Near the wine connection, that area. Yeah, la, yeah. Uh, our friend Moira made this joke. It's like, mm, yes, last time the expat uh, neighborhood was Amokyo. <laughs> Amokyo Yalah back Not bad Not bad <laughs> And then of course There's another A whole part of Singapore That has a character On its own We call it The West Oh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah sorry <laughs> like, we, 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 That one's not a whole uh, It's another country Really yeah. like, like Planet Budle Then like <laughs> Then like Jurong Like the West so, We live in the East right So yeah, we always yeah. have Very grimy things To yeah. say about the West What right? neighbourhoods Are in the West Jurong Bukit Batok Jurong's not an island, man. <laughs> Bukit Batok. Bukit Batok. As in, where is Bukit Batok? Right, like, north of Jurong. It's not the rich people area, right? Uh, the, that one, Bukit Timah. That's Bukit Timah. And then Bukit Panjang is kind of richy. Yeah. They all, uh, Bukit Timah, Bukit Panjang, Bukit Batok all connect uh, along a, a road. La. Ah, yeah, right. Yeah. What is the f- Have you been to Bukit Bukit Yeah, Bukit Batok. Batok Yeah, I have, I have cousins who live there So I go there all the time actually I have a cousin who lives there What's like, it like? A close cousin What's it like? Uh, actually, <laughs> very nondescript uh. <laughs> Is it? Is it? Is it's the like, air different? Like, uh, no <laughs> <laughs> But very like oh. Actually, this east-west divide, right? Actually got There's some merit Got feeling there. one There's really a feeling, right? Got feeling one Okay, what, what would you say Is the threshold 
from which you cross from the east to the west. Oh, I know this. For me, it's like when the MRT come out from the tunnel. <laughs> so Red Hill. Ah, Red Hill, Red Hill. <laughs> so like, when you come out Red Hill, go like, oh, oh some, something it, has changed. It's suddenly the street is jumping colour. Yeah, the PSI yeah. like 100 plus. Like that. It okay. really does feel a little hazier in the west, doesn't it? I also say. Yeah. yeah. Like my closest brush with the west was NUS when I went there for... That's quite west. Yeah, but we mustn't talk about NUS. Yeah, just, you know, cannot, just cannot. Not, 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 not the time. Not, not the, the time. <laughs> oh, and then of course, Tampanese. Ooh. I think Japanese is like the It's like the orchard of the east ah, correct. It's, the s- <laughs> <laughs> it's the orchard of the east <laughs> I'm choking on my disbelief <laughs> It's like a super new town, isn't it? As in super Like it's a super town Yeah, it's a super town Yeah Because uh, the, everything yeah, No, not just that Like every neighbourhood, right The MRT station only got one mall The police got three Yeah, there. fucking three malls Three there. malls, eh <laughs> I, to this day, I do not understand why I, Tampanese. I not don't only know. The, not only do they have three malls, now they have this massive like um hub right at our Tampanese hub. Oh yeah, <laughs> with a massive library, cinema. Yeah. It's, I was like, what? What? What really, is going on with Tampanese? It's it's nuts. What I don't know. did Tampanese do to deserve all this attention? That's a very good question. <laughs> That's a very good. No, question. what is the vibe of Tampanese for you? Actually, uh, the, t- the vibe of Tampanese is spotty. You know that is so accurate. See, I tell you, all these neighborhoods got characteristics. One. Okay, then Pasteur is what? Uh, noir. <laughs> no, really noir. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's very like yeah, noir. Yeah, it's chalet. Yeah, correct. Because it's like the, because it reminds me of Changi, Changi Village. Uh, so it has correct. the whole noirness. Chalet, to it. mangroves, and Pontiana. <laughs> So I've been wanting to move up for the longest time, right? So I, I've been priming my mother, especially for the fact that I'm going to move up because mm. she is in denial. Of what? She's your... in denial that, 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 I, that I want to move out lah. So she's like No you're just gonna stay here No you're just gonna stay here You can buy a house But you just stay at home with us Then I'm like why? I want to I want to move out Because I want my own independence Because I want to live in my own place mm. Because I think Living in your parents house And we've talked about this before Infantilizes you Incredibly Right Right it's Because so many things You don't have control over Right And sometimes you Because other people are taking care of it You don't want control over correct, Because it's an inconvenience So Moving out forces you to handle all these things. Yeah. And so staying with my parents is very infantilizing. No, you know, I, there's another level here, right? Yeah. Which is actually, this is something I'm noticing lately. Is yeah. Staying at home with your parents, right? Puts an added responsibility on you to solve a lot of problems for them. Oh my which, God. Which, you know, it's like, I'm fully you on board with looking after my parents. Correct. Thing, but like, I don't want to have to deal with every single problem that they can actually go and solve on their own. No, you know why? Because absolutely. they are adults. They're adults. You know? yeah. yeah, but as they get older, I, th- I understand that things become a little bit more yeah, yeah, difficult, yeah. but I feel you 100%. No, but it's an added layer of like... Um, Responsibility. Yeah, la. and also that you are that you are constantly at someone's back and call. Yeah. Without, and they don't realise that that's what it is. Yeah. But that's how it now. feels. Yep, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very, it, it's very taxing. You know, and I, I do want to live on my own because I just I just want to. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm 35. I want to live on my own. And my mother couldn't get it into her head. Like, so I've been seeding this for about one year already. <laughs> I really have. I've been seeding this for about one year as I got cl- closer to 35. <laughs> Incepting like, oh the filial. Incepting the yeah. filial empire. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> need to incept like, mother, I need to go out. I right. need to live on my own. It doesn't mean that. So she's like, she's br- like breaking up, uh, beating her chest, breaking her bangles, kind of drama, you wow. know. Not that she's actually breaking her bangles, like, it's just very drama. La. She's like, oh, why you don't want to stay here anymore? You can get the house, but you can just live here. Why you don't want to stay with us anymore? Is it you don't love us? Oh, wow. It's a very fast, uh, I tell you, uh, it's exponential. Like. Right, it's like from <laughs> zero to 2000. Yeah, right? it's yeah. exponential. I go like, what? Where, where how, am how I? Did, how did you deal with that? So, it is a lot of, so it happened recently, uh, I forced her. To talk to me about it Because usually When I have this conversation She's full on denial right. She'll just walk away She'll just float out of the window <laughs> <laughs> She's like I'm not dealing with this now Bye <laughs> <laughs> Like Chang'e Okay <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm going to market you want anything. <laughs> I basically when she was eating dinner, I just sat down at the dining table. I was like, we need to have this conversation. So you sat down at the con- yes, dinner table and went, Hello! <laughs> we yeah, need to talk. Exactly, we need to talk. And she's like, about what? She already knew what it was about. Oh. <laughs> then, so because I cornered her while she was eating. Yeah, yeah <laughs> listen, this is a great strategy. Yeah. You corner your parents when they're eating. When they're eating. Yeah. yeah. Actually, it's, just, it's true, they're quite captive. They're, they're, <laughs> they really are. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so because of that, they she listened lah, and but it, it was still quite difficult. It was mm. half an hour at least of like untangling all the nonsense, you know, all the uh, illogical flow of mm. thought, you know. So I, I just had to untangle it, and then thankfully though, at the end of this half an hour of like, but there are bits I tell you, Joe, I wanted to scream. It really had to control. Um, but at the end of this half an hour, she's like, okay, I'm happy you want to move out. Aww. Yeah, but I mean, we still have stuff to work through. But the fact that she can vocalize this. Mm. Uh, it's a good sign. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, um, I think we just need to keep training our parents. No, you know? you've said this before. Yeah. And this was a very helpful statement. You need to keep training and retraining your it's, parents. It, and I don't say in a patronizing or condescending way. Of course not. It's yeah. really like they, like, you know, I think we said in a very early episode that actually there's no guidebook on how to be a parent to an adult. Mm. And so actually, the only people who can teach them how to do it is us. Correct. Right? And it's like, you know, it's things like this, like cornering yeah. them while they're eating. <laughs> And then like Spending 30 minutes Of intense emotional labour Trying to like oh, yeah. Unpick all of their uns- Uncertainties and insecurities yeah. After that I went to sleep I literally just this, fell asleep like, Drained <laughs> yeah. Actually what was her Like primary So You know So, uh, so at the end the tail end of this conversation She shared with me That the main reason Why she was uh, Upset at me Leaving the house Was that she's very scared That something would happen to me if I was living I was living alone right So something would happen to me And then If anything happened to me No one would be there To take care of me Ah correct You know No one would be there To help me out mm. Which I thought was Really interesting Because that is my fear For them right. As I leave the house My parents are In their mid 60s If something happens to I mean Higher chance Something will happen to them Than me <laughs> lah I yeah. mean l- Let's face it I It's mean, really this kind yeah. of Like anything can happen Correct one. Yeah like So so you it's, know, choke it's, on pepper <laughs> I mean, for me, I have the comfort of the knowledge that my brother is still living there. So mm. that's why my younger brother is still there. So that's okay. But it was really interesting to hear her say this. Then I kind of understood where she was coming from a bit. And that put me... That, that let me stand down a bit from this like shouty ledge that I wanted to really get on. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's always about meeting people at the point of need, right? Yeah. Yeah. Corella, so I'm glad you had that chat. I know, that, I know. That now you too. have like, you know, reached this point where you can like kickstart your housing journey. Your Correct. marine parade life with uh, some earnest. Try la, try mm, la. Congrats, congrats. Thanks, thanks. Mm. Hello. Hello. Okay, so on the note of housing, we actually received an article from one of our listeners who was like, you guys should talk about this, right? And yeah. let me just read the headline to you to explain why this is relevant. Mm. Resid is a mothership article and it goes, Residents at Basris Block 101, just down the street from me, what? complain of couples engaging in sexy time at staircases. <laughs> one expressed her concern that her kids would follow suit. Goes to stand first. This is by Kayla Wong. You know who would be proud? Who? Josephine Teo. <laughs> Oh, that's a deep cut. Remember Josephine Teo? Like, I don't know what the context of her saying this was, but like she said, actually, in Singapore, you just need a very small space to have sex, one. I was like, yeah, correct, Josephine Teo. Staircase? Staircase is very small space. Yeah, very small space. Like, okay, so this, like, this, I, I mean, before going into the article, I can't intuitively feel this goes to the heart of what we are talking about, right? The idea that actually there is no space to be an adult in Singapore. Yeah. It's like, it's actually, can you imagine, it's easier to have sex in a staircase, staircase than it is yeah. to bring a sexual partner back to your parents' flat. Can you imagine? <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, you know, it's probably easier to, to have sex in a staircase. I've never had sex in a staircase and I probably mm. could never. Mm. Yeah, but I can see from the look on your face that maybe you have. But let's not go there. <laughs> let's get into the article. <laughs> <Hello>! <laughs> Let's go. Residents living in Block 101 on Pasiris Street 12 have had enough of couples using public staircases as their personal love motel. What, what is the frequency at which this happens? <laughs> <laughs> They've had enough, man. Enough. It's like every night got one new couple. <laughs> actually, someone's running a syndicate. That's clear. Someone's running a staircase sex syndicate going like, actually, here we got the pillow for you. We got a scented candle. We got free condoms and lube if you oh want. <laughs> It's fantastic. <laughs> this is really um it reminds me of a F word that we used to use, uh Fakan. Ah Fakan, Fakan. I feel like this some very entrepreneurial bank oh my has God. like come up with like <laughs> a business pa- model. Ah, uh, Pasri Staircase Love Motel. <laughs> According to Shin Min Daily News, pause for a moment. What is Shin Wait, Min what is, Daily News? What the fuck is Shin Min can, Daily can News? Can someone who's listening tell us what is Shin Min Daily News yeah, is? Who, is Shin Min Daily who are news? they? Is this is yeah. a Singapore like Don't news outlet, they? never heard of them before. Know, so. But uh, apparently according to them. Yeah. <laughs> a delivery worker posted <laughs> online that he saw <laughs> used toilet paper and condoms littered at a staircase landing when he went to the HDB block to make a delivery. What a shocking uh, revelation. Poor thing. No, Must I'm be- confused that like he, this poor delivery guy is being hauled in as like a witness. <laughs> All he wants to do is drop off <laughs> his your, grab like uh, whatever. Right? Just drop off your McDonald's only, and then now he's being hauled into. <laughs> but also, like, if you're gonna have sex at a toilet paper uh, at a staircase, can you please throw your tissue paper away? Oh, it's gross. It's very unhygienic. <laughs> Residents at Block One Hundred One further told SMDN Shaming Daily News mm. that they frequently <laughs> see students behaving intimately students? at the staircase oh. areas. That means wear uniform, lah. Oh, actually, what's wrong with that? You see, this is, I have a problem with that. What, why is this worth noting that students are being behaving Not, intimately? It's because of the type of... It's the country that we live in. Yeah, correct. You know, and we, I mean, we were kids in Singapore, right? And then like, we, we were always told like, oh, don't misbehave in your uniform. Yeah, don't misbehave correct. in your uniform. The uniform is a policing method. La. No, it is. But it's also this... I, this you see, this puritanical... Yep. Like approach to sex and intimacy and relationships that you know like when we were younger they always say like don't get into BGR when you are like in school because you don't you should be focusing on your studies all this yep. and then like you know it's, it's, kids will get into trouble for like um, you know making out in school uniform and you know, they got caught like I know so many people who got caught like in sexual sexually compromising positive mm. uh, situations who got expelled mm. so you don't this is why we, we, you know, the situation in US is is what it is. Yeah. We said it before on this I podcast. I mean, we need right? to have better conversations around with sex. Yeah, like, we so, really do. Okay. Yeah. Pastoris one hundred and one. Uh, if you're listening, uh, auntie, <laughs> uncle, if you see the students quote unquote behaving intimately, just let them be. Just let them I be. Mean, let like the youth have fun. I mean, I, I don't know if that is the that is the solution that okay, I want sure. to put so, so Sorry, maybe. You know, you don't know if it's a healthy situation. Yes, right? you don't yeah, know yeah. if it's a healthy situation. But you can control for that, right? You can't control for that lah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe just if you see them, just go and say, okay, maybe you want to consider some contraceptive methods. You know, as I ask the girl, is he is you know, is this a you feel safe right now? Uh, this kind of thing. <laughs> Can you imagine if you came down to that? Don't worry, don't worry, girl. I I, I, I fully support. Don't worry. I fully support First what's girl, going on. I, I just want to make sure ask. that everything's okay. Are you feeling okay? Do you feel do you feel safe? Do you know how much of do a you have condoms? This is? Uh, actually, good. Transparent sex education is the biggest boner it's killer. It's the biggest boner killer. Because there's no more mystery. Yeah, no? It's like, huh, like that. Uh. It's the way forward. Huh? <laughs> there's responsibility. Don't want lah. Don't want lah. See you next year. 
Okay, where we go? Next, um, um, a resident said he saw a couple hugging each other at a staircase landing a few months ago and claimed that they stayed the night there in the staircase. In the staircase? <laughs> oh my god, what, what kind of spacious staircase is this? Oh no, I tell you already, the bank has like set up a whole situation there. Wow, you know this entrepreneurial bank right, is the best. Yeah, but also maybe these people don't have a home to go to. Yeah, yo. That's quite sad, right? Yeah. He said, after they left, the area was filled with litter, including tissue paper, empty cans and snack packaging. It's a full-on uh, goodie snack, a uh, goodie Back situation. <laughs> they, you know what? They, they, they basically forked out for the, I think the, the, the tier A. I think <laughs> the hubbing got different tier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tier A, tier package, a comes with snacks. You got, you got snacks. Yeah, yeah. Tier B don't have. No, actually, tier A got mala hot pot delivery. <laughs> so this maybe tier B only. <laughs> a 60 year old housewife surnamed Liang. I love surname Liang. I love it's like you want to give your name, don't give your name, just make it. Auntie Liang. What's. Auntie Liang also said her husband once ran into a couple having sex at the stairwell on the 10th story two years ago while he was climbing up the stairs for his workout. Uh, can I just say... Can I just say this very fishy? What? Uh, <laughs> Uncle Liang... Uh, sorry, uh, 101 has been having like a lot. Uh, they've had enough, right? So yeah. that means the intensity is a lot, right? Then Uncle choose to have his exercise climbing uh, up and down the stairs. It's like, Uncle, is it you want to see? <laughs> uncle, uncle, my Uncle. uncle. Auntie Liang make it difficult got to access thing, the internet. Got la. one thing called OnlyFans you go and see. <laughs> but also 10th story, like, Uncle can climb all the way up. Not very bad, good, very good. good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well done. Hey, but full on having sex in the stairwell is like props, uh, props. No. I've seen videos. Yeah. I, I mean, I have. Like, there is a whole subgenre of like gay porn, outdoor which sex, is like, outdoor uh, sex. And, sure. Like, some stair sex is very hot. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know what it is. Oh, the maybe the, the idea of getting caught. Mm. After the embarrassing encounter, the couple who were in a state of undress, mm-hmm. oh, is it, is it? Naturally, naturally. <laughs> Allegedly fled so quickly, they barely had the time to cover themselves up. Ayo. Ah, yeah. Poor thing. Poor thing. Liang <laughs> added that as the incident took place during the evening, <laughs> I love the spe- the how specific this is. <laughs> Her husband had not expected to witness <laughs> such a scene and was also surprised to see a couple behaving so brazenly in public. Mm. Another resident, a 50-year-old housewife, this one no surname, also <laughs> said she is worried that her four kids who are aged 15 to 26 would be negatively influenced oh by my what God. they see and even follow Auntie, <laughs> you have four children who are aged between 15 and 26. They know a lot more than Stacky Sex. They see, you don't need to worry. You know Twitter got porn or not? They, correct. They uh, see, t- they see uh, Stacky Sex, they be like, they be like uh, boring. It's like, mm, boring. Yeah, it's like, huh, can you, can, you, can you get out of my way, please? Auntie, I think you need to have a conversation with your children. La. <laughs> but can I, Maybe one of them is the upbeat entrepreneur. <laughs> Uh, I think it's really funny that this makes news sometimes. Like, it's, I mean, mothership is a news, lah. Mothership is a news. Also, yeah. the puritanical streak across this whole country yeah, is it's really, just, it's really. just this like you got to laugh, lah. You yeah, got yeah. to it's laugh just, a little like, bit. I can just see this whole block of like aunties fanning themselves, right? Actually, can't decide whether they are titillated or offended. <laughs> and actually, like like all, Victorian times, it, honestly, <laughs> there's it always is the middle ground, right? Mm. Like all public outrage is like on it is on the cusp of offense and titillation. Yeah, correct, lah. Don't tell me you see a young couple having sex, you're not going like, ooh, on some level. Okay, you know what? Maybe some people really don't because they have a very uh, closed-door idea about what sex is. Right. Maybe sex for them is truly functional. Yeah. Close your eyes and think of the PAP. (laughs) No, but I mean, to be serious about it, this does cut to the heart of something quite serious, which is that, like... 
it's it's like it's, it's, people are so desperate for sex, right? That like they will go and do it in a stairwell rather than bring their lovers back home. Yeah. And like okay, so like on when you know when I've like hooked up with people on on the gay dating apps, right? Like mm. a common thing that comes up is got place or not? Can you host? And mm. it's a real thing. And it's like obviously here more of an issue. And when I tell people, oh okay, I live at home with my parents, and then I say, well, oh, my family's very cool about this. Fine, right? Then they'll be like, oh. Did they get freaked out? Yeah, they get freaked out. They'll be like, oh really? Uh, are you you're out to your parents? Uh? And I'm like, yes, oh. I am actually. So oh, because it's, it's added layer of the, yeah. The so being with, out you know, thing. with queer people, there's an added layer, but oh, then even for straight people, no. But for straight people, I think there are other oppressions at work, right? For so sure. it's very like premarital sex is very taboo still. Yep, yep. Yeah, horrible. Huh? No, it's terrible. This yeah, is why everybody should move out. Correct. Everybody should move out. Correct. Like, yeah. So wish me luck. You know, like hopefully, uh, house hunting goes well. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, your 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 new house there got very good staircase landing as well. <laughs> If not, I just I, I go one on one and find out. Find out, Bing lah. Expand his business. Right. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> now it's time for lukewarm takes. <sighs> We're two elder millennials. That's us. Talk about something that's happening in the world today. Yeah. So what are we going to talk about today, Joel? Uh, <laughs> Is yeah, the no, failure no. of public discourse in Singapore? Oh my god, how much time do we with have? With specific reference to the whole Dana, 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 Tio situation mm. that un- been, that I mean unfolded maybe about Mistio, Mistio, Mistio. So um, TLDR basically an undergraduate from the University of Mordor, university that must not be named, must not be named, wrote this op-ed which was published on today online, right? About two weeks ago, yeah. This is why I don't want to be woke. Don't cancel me for it. Yeah. Right, and then like the article attracted a lot of umbrage, uh, like uh, I mean, for obvious reasons, because like she makes you know she goes on and makes this very predictable case about cancel culture and woke out and and, and, and what she calls wokeism, which like sure. is such a grating turn of phrase, mm. and then like um you know all very like boring kind of like not very interesting kind of um anti woke posturing, but then she has to do this thing where she brings up how. Um, she has these really visceral misgivings with trans identity, trans politics, That's what right. she calls the concept mm. of trans identity mm. and how, you know, it, 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 in a line that was eventually edited out of the article because it was so fucking transphobic. Yeah, she it was dis- terrible. Yeah, she described how she has like, a, she, she, she feels repulsed by the bodies of trans people. Yeah. Um, you know, and then uh, use this as an example of how um, she should you know, not be cancelled. She should not be cancelled because all she wants to do is just voice like, her opinion, voice, voice opinion, and point out how you know. And she brings up the whole thing about detransitioning and like should kids be given like puberty blockers, and goes like, surely there has to be room for discussions about these things without me being sheltered into silence. And yep. then she goes on to make this point about how most of the time people are sheltered into agreement and when people just kind of politely nod and agree with you, they are basically being, you know, oppressed and like forced yep. into, you know, basically the whole Oprah Winfrey were you silent or were you silenced yeah. situation, <laughs> right? And, and, you know, to go, you're basically kind of painting this picture of um, woke culture Whatever it is Social justice As a kind of Oppressive force In the world right. And how like you Can you really trust people Who say the things They say Because are they Just agreeing Or are they just Being politically correct right. Very old hat argument yeah. right? Riding on Transphobia basically Correct. And then of course Brings up JK Rowling yeah. uh, Because you know Maybe Miss Teo Is a secret, secretly a turf Who knows Who knows Who knows Right And then basically Making this plaintive cry For how I just want to 
I just want to ask questions, but you know, I feel like I can't even ask questions. Yeah. So yeah. That, that that's that's where actually at the very beginning of the article, that's what she said, right? Basically, I want I just want to ask questions, you know, and I'm very scared of getting out uh, getting cancelled by asking these questions. Right. So I actually was with her at the very top of the article because I in principle, yeah, in principle, yeah. because uh the the extreme uh socially progressive lot of people, right? They might come across. As very extreme lah, uh, they they might be angry at you for asking certain questions, or they might come across as extremely like, oh, why are you asking me these questions? I have no time for this. Right. So I get it. Sometimes people get very afraid to ask questions. Right. But I quickly what lost her when she said that. Can we just have a discussion? Because she was not having a discussion. Right. She was passing judgment. I, I mean, I also want to draw attention to how she basically opens the piece with this thing about like, uh, it's foolish to be woke or something like. Hear me out. Yeah, hear me out. Lower your pitchforks. She right? immediately creates judgment. Yeah. So I mean. She's already pitching, you know. She's doing this thing where she's basically creating a bogeyman of like the the, the foaming at the mouth woke person yeah. who's going to lead a mob against her, right? Exactly. And then I think the unfortunate thing that plays out with her story is that the article does then get a lot of umbrage because it is so blatantly transphobic, right? And then like, of, and then you know, she then undergoes what can only be described as a form of public cancellation. Yeah. So in a way, that's a kind of very ridiculous, self-fulfilling quality, proving the point, which is situation. so irritating because <laughs> then it can it just it's just that whole thing of like yeah you see I told you we that yeah, we're angry this going to happen without realizing right or taking accountability for how in grotesquely um, offensive her post might come across to, yep. to to not just trans people but people you know on the LGBTQ spectrum in general who Correct. are just sick and tired I can say for myself I'm sick and tired of like our identities constantly being um open game for mm. the negotiation of um, you know straight people who think of our identities and our and our predicaments as concepts right. as something to be mediated or chewed upon right. it's, it's frankly very irritating and like you know she she can just get away saying ah I proved my you know yeah. they're proving my point in fact she yeah. was quite lazy about it she said she yeah. didn't want to talk to any she, she she didn't talk to any people she said admittedly I don't I don't talk to any trans people yeah. I don't I don't, I yeah. don't talk to any queer people I can't remember the phrase that she used but the point is she didn't make the effort to go and talk to people and then she, here she is passing judgment and I find that very rich when all sh- when she said at the top of this she wants a discussion this is not a discussion yeah I know? think like you know it's it, I, I think this point has been made many times right sis could easily have just googled a bunch of things correct you know if you just open google like there are numerous very well made like um, you know, videos and well-written essays on the internet that lay out all the arguments for and against, and that actually take down a lot of these turfy transphobic arguments. So you know, the whole thing about like puberty blockers, uh, the whole thing about detransitioning, these have been dealt, you know, ex- you know, like really thoroughly investigated yeah. and like wrote, written about and talked about. And you know, it's like the, it's basically the resources are all out there. Yeah. Right. And and yeah. But for her to do this, she said she didn't even want to do this because she doesn't want to be woke. So for her, the act of doing this is woke. So to her, being woke is a negative yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's that thing I think of like, and I, here I don't want to dwell too much on the ad hominem criticism, right? But it just feels to me like a young person not wanting to take the obvious, uh, trendy seeming route is the very anti hipster kind of like, mm. you know, it's like oh everybody's just so woke nowadays. That's so like whatever, you know. It's very that kind of that that just want to be anti establishment yeah, a little bit y- You know, like, I don't. You, obviously, I don't know. Her, yeah, yeah. But you know, know, it kind of reeks of that a little bit. And like, mm. I feel that like 
this is a young person um, who is very vulnerable in, in, in her own way. And like, it's, you know, God forbid that a mob goes after her. No, and no you saw, like, I don't wish that for correct, her at all. And like, yeah. my, my main beef really is with the institutions who kind of gave her this platform, right? Yeah. You know, so it's like today online, the newspaper publishing this at all. And then as it emerged, right, her tutor... At the Professor Hanson Yeah, the University of Mordor None other than like A former journalist Let's not call her a journalist Former journalist Is she a former journalist? Yeah, oh. she's a former, uh, former um, Straits Times journalist right. right Now she thinks of herself As a freelance journalist But basically She's just like A glorified blogger <laughs> Bertha Hanson <laughs> Bertha Hanson uh, Turns out that She's her prof at, yeah. at, at the University of Mordor And like uh, I think has said Some kind of assignment Where she asked like Kids to write about Like uh, internet culture Or whatever And sure, then, like Probably this, something and thematic then she, said, uh, she said Oh this is the best one And then she, she Passed it on As it were Completely You know Unaltered Yeah To the national uh, National press Yeah Where then Basically these horrible Transphobic views you know, unedited, saw the light of day unedited mm. got a platform. So, so right. you know what's interesting to me here is that today online, today eventually recognizes that the the, the lines in the piece about you know the, the revulsion of trans bodies were in fact transphobic and remove yeah. and remove them later. Which you know, so that's kind of like people will say, oh, they were kind of like uh, pressured by the woke mob. But no, you know, there's when you look at it and you sit with those with that language with that writing, you know, on an ethical and moral level that there's something deeply exactly. inappropriate about that language. It's all just very nefarious and unfortunate. And actually, the whole my I, unfortunately my number one takeaway from this whole thing is how Bertha Hansen reveals herself as the mastermind behind the whole thing, <laughs> just like the feminist mentor and the like a wonderful saga. chess move. Or? It's like the feminist mentor and the aware mm. saga. I was like, eh, it was me all along. <laughs> so of course, Bertha, we, we had a feeling it might be you. And then not only that, the University of Mordor mm. issues a statement in support of yeah. Mr. Teo. Was it the dean, right? But in defense of yeah, Teo. It, basically in defense of Teo, right? Saying like, oh, actually, we welcome all voices. Yeah, yeah. How can you say that you welcome all voices when a voice like that is hateful? And divisive. No, right? but also the to to the point, right? Is today ever going to publish like an op-ed by a trans, trans person? person? Exactly. You know, yeah. Or have there been any kind of like open stridently and openly LGBTQ writers, you know, publishing fiery op-eds yeah. on today? Truly no. La. I mean, let's have a discussion. Yeah. You, so is, is, so this goes back to the idea, right? That actually, when you're talking about you know cancel culture and like conversations, it's it's a it, it, Positions like Dana's and Bertha's misrecognize the landscape in which we're in. By and large, the people who are getting mainstream platforms and are getting access to the fucking mic and loudspeaker yeah. are not the people are not marginalized people. Mm. And it's every time you know marginalized people, uh, or you know in whatever kind of like. Uh, identity position Kind of find a way To resist the mainstream uh, Line of thought And thinking mm, It mm. becomes painted As like an angry mob It gets painted As like um, You know Cancel culture yeah, right? Somebody out to get you yeah, With but actually, but yeah. actually If you look realistically at it Where are where is the platform? Mm. Who? Where are? Where are the? Where are the prominent platforms? Mm. You know, where are the people? You know, with yeah. these marginalized groups having no voice, right? You can kind of understand 
why the anger that we see from them is, right. is their only point of con- is their only yeah, 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 is their yeah. only a- avenue for yeah. any sort of expression lah. Correct. It's that thing of like where <laughs> in this country where you cannot protest, and in fact we saw recently if you go and protest, you will you know get thrown in jail or <laughs> like whatever, right? Yeah. You know you you can't protest in this country. Where do you transfer that energy, right? It unfortunately, gets transferred into these very toxic online spaces, mm. and like, I'll be the first one to admit that I think social justice very often. Has a tone problem, mm. like a lot of people, um, you know, on the social justice. Uh, a lot of people, you know, who espouse social justice values tend to come across, unfortunately, you know, in a very patronizing or smug, yeah. or condescending way, or very shouty. Um, and you know, it, and it and does I, not allow for a lot of conversation, like, or, at least, yeah. or at least it feels very deterrent, like, yeah. You know, yeah. And like I guess to go back to what you're saying earlier. I can kind of see how a lot of these encounters that we have with people online turn out very negative, right? Yep. Because it's like actually nobody's there to talk; uh, they're just there to kind of like in an almost algorithmic way shout, shout out at you what yeah. they believe, right? And uh, uh, I'm very empathetic, obviously, with this because it's like, what else can you do here? Mm. Often, I feel it's like you, 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 you the, the, are you? Were you silent or were you silenced mm. right and that kind of silencing that kind of invisibility in the mainstream the you know can can really take a toll on you emotionally like yeah. look at what's dominating like um you know the chatter on the internet today it's literally like whether or not women uh malay muslim women can wear tudongs in the hospital is this kind of blatant you know um discrimination is, is is in the air constantly and being treated with the seriousness of you know, with the kind of seriousness that is ridiculous. Yeah. I and 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 you know this on a daily, weekly, monthly. You can get basis. to you lah. You need you. an outlet lah. Yeah. And you know where uh Pastres Block One Zero One have their outlet. <laughs> They have the their staircase? outlet at the staircase lah. Let us fuck in the staircase. <laughs> this is a difficult fucking country. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> I think the one important thing to say about the whole Dana Tio thing is that like the whole article, you know, and I encourage you to go and read it just like to purge your system, right? <laughs> is a massive straw man argument, mm. right? She describes this thing called wokeism. She describes this thing called cancel culture. She describes this thing called the the mob with pitchforks who will silence you, who will oppress you into agreeing, right? And I think maybe what she is doing is extrapolating uh, a few encounters she has had or a way in which a conversation has been had before and extrapolating that into a general type yep. or general principle or general theory of internet encounters. But actually, no, I, I really think that there is no such general theory of you know the way this cause is happening. There is, there is no... I feel there is no monolithic way in which social justice is had as a conversation. Yeah, like it's I, made out of many different types of correct, people with many different experiences. Correct, it's la. so purely subjective. It's so individualized. There's, yeah. You know, especially in Singapore, right? There really is no sense of a movement. You know, there really is... Not with this, no. no. Not with, you know, it's, it's, too, it's, it's too disparate. It's too fractured by the conditions of like, you know, this, the laws in this country. Not right? as a national movement, but there are pockets of movement. Like if you look yeah. at Pink Dot, for yeah, example, yeah. that is some sort of yeah, movement, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think also it's like for every angry, condescending, patronizing, snarky person you meet on the internet who and you don't know necessarily how and why they have gotten to that state they may have had the worst fucking week of microaggressions that week they may have gotten like you know they may be really at the end of their tether with the people they work with or the people they live with right and they just like on online they're just like no you know what i am not going to humor you 
with your you, you know with the things you say I am not going to entertain any of this shit mm. I'm not going to let you say I'm going to shout you down yep. because they've just had the worst they've week had you, enough. you never know and yeah. these things are you see I think people forget the emotional dimension of what's going on here right. for every one of those people you also have people who have like a kind of like monk-like patience right. with sitting you, you know, sitting, like our friend Sean Tobin who is very good at going online and actually or yourself I've seen you yeah. kind of like try your best to be very positive and encouraging and, 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 and patient with yeah. people right I mean I've had experiences with this with regards to race lah, right. you know and I, I, I always at some point I didn't understand why anyone would shout another person down with this because right. I think having this maybe it's my teacher education lah, I mm. don't know lah, but having this point of communication with someone who doesn't know is important and mm. then you educate them but um, a few years ago I got very tired by it and I actually got I actually with felt, the race thing you mean yeah, yeah with this race thing and I got I got so tired and I actually turn people away I was like I cannot talk about this anymore right. I've done this too much and that's when I understood I was like ah I reached the saturation mm. point I get it but I'm very careful even as I reach the saturation point that I don't sound uh, that I don't do any sort of malice I don't right. I don't turn people away with any sort of malice I don't turn them down with any sort of malice because I don't want to burn that bridge I don't want to make them think that this is not a conversation you can can have with uh, that you cannot have with anybody. You right. know, you can go and talk to someone else. You can go and research on your own for goodness sake. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I on some level also, you know, am empathetic to the sense that sometimes it feels frightening to talk about these things because, it is. like, you know, what it is really is alienation from. Uh, jargon a lot of it can revolve around very academic theoretical language yeah, and language policing and language yeah. policing and you know it, it can be very hard to enter that, that discursive space it can feel very alienating it can feel as Dana is expressing very difficult to even voice um uh, uh, a question or opposition, yeah. right? So I can understand. I can understand that yep. for sure. But you know, insofar as we think, we talk a lot about meeting people at that point of need, right? I, I, I also believe that actually, no, I don't have to meet these people in the middle. You know, I don't have to meet people in the middle, especially people who are bring for my non-existence or who mm. have a fundamental opposition to my human dignity or who wow. refuse to see, you know. I, I can, so I can understand all of these positions and hold all of them at the same time, right? It's like, I, I, I feel like I, I, I rather go and invest my energy in other things, in my writing, in, in you know, in causes and whatever, rather than do this thing where I, I engage another when person. I engage with people on the internet which anyway I think is a very distorted space on both ends that's true you know, on, yeah. on all ends like, I mean I look at social justice often and I think actually a lot of the, uh, a lot of the conversations I see happening on the internet are, 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 are conducted in a language that doesn't feel true to the people speaking it it often feels that there's a script right there's a script which people like follow once something has been triggered do you know what I mean Something happens, and then there is a very yeah. um, formulaic way, way in which up. the conversation ends up, and like it, it's 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 it, it, it doesn't. It, it's always it's very flat and flattening, and it doesn't always account for how each of these instances are very unique in their own way. They are very idiosyncratic. They are contextual, but there's always a script, you know, mm. on both ends. And I feel that that scares me too. Seeing people kind of rattle off this in this algorithmic scripted way mm. um, in, in response to something as like actually are you speaking as yourself or are you mm. inhabiting uh, a, a position that you yeah. you think is the right thing to inhabit where you know where is you know where is the reflexivity 
and criticality in that moment. I think you said earlier, right? We should all just not post. <laughs> fully believe. Yeah. I fully believe. We should yeah. just all not post. I fully, yeah. yeah, I truly believe that there is something about the way discourse and conversation and any kind of like expression on the internet happens that actually is not is very removed from who we are as people. I feel like we distort ourselves and phase ourselves through several layers of disguise and mimicry um, to get where we need to go. I feel it myself as a writer. I'm very sensitive to it. I think it's like I feel my thoughts changing and my writing shifting and my expression changing depending on the platform I'm on. Do you know mm. what I mean? No, I understand what you mean. I think yeah. what 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 the social what the internet also does is that we want to get likes. And mm. we know what gets people off Correct. on the internet. Correct. You know, this, this kind of anger, this kind of drama. Correct. So we feed into it because we want oh to get God. the likes, and right? I, this is why as a writer, I become very suspicious of myself on platforms, especially like Facebook in Singapore, right? Which is like a likes factory. You know, oh, you, yeah. oh you, go there, you, you go on Facebook on some level for adoration and affirmation. Sure. And I, I have felt myself, I'm guilty of this myself. Like I, 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 and you know, I know exactly how I'm fine-tuning something to receive the most amount of yeah. like uh, impact. Well-received. Yeah. And the most amount of impact, the most amount of shares, you know. And then, like, the minute I, I, one day when I caught myself thinking these things, I was like, oh, I am not writing as myself. Mm. I am writing into an Through algorithm. Yeah, la. I'm writing into an algorithm. Yeah. And then I was like, actually, how much of my thinking in this case is mine? How much of it, in fact, is uh, written for me? And then I, I was like, that's. Oh my God, you, you stepped in yeah. and out of the matrix. Correct. It was terrifying. <laughs> it was terrifying. And I was like, actually, and then I think. And this is me, right? I'm a writer. Yeah. And this is literally what I do for a living, right? Yeah. I just think about people who maybe don't necessarily have this kind of reflexivity as they post and share. And, you know, it's like, actually, I can understand how this whole thing is such a big fucking mess. Yeah. Because, um, you know, we, 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 are, we, are, we, are, we are speaking in a language that is not ours. So I guess we want to end this segment off, you know... On a happier by, note. Yeah, la. on a happy note by directly addressing... Yeah. Hey, girl. I mean, she's not gonna listen to this, but I don't know, like We just put it out into the universe. It's like it, it, it can't be easy, girl. We know. Hey, girl. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey girl. Hey, how you hey doing? Girl. How, how you, you doing? doing? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Yeah, it can't be easy. It can't where be easy being like um, the, yeah the subject the, of this the, right the, the center of this level of vitriol vitriol <laughs> no you know no one is made to endure this level of vitriol. No one should like No yeah. one should. Yeah, it's terrible. But also, right. Be accountable, lah. Sure. Yeah, there you is know. that. Mm, yeah. I yeah. just I just hope you're okay. That's number one. Yeah. And also, you know, take some time, reflect, listen, read, read, you know. Disappear a little bit. Yeah. The Study for that, your exams. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Correct. Is it finals? I don't know. Year yeah, four, I don't, year uh, four, yeah. I don't know. Better go study lah. Yeah, mm. you know, and maybe like um uh, actually reach out to some people and yeah. don't be afraid to ask questions ask. Uh, maybe pick the right person like if you see their face very black because you know it's probably because they've had a very bad week yeah. uh, like if you came up to me last week and asked me about gay rights I would have kicked you <laughs> you know it's like get out of my face yeah, correct, correct. get out of my get yeah. out of my faggot face yeah. and if you know? someone knows, uh, gives you a bad response it's okay. Try again another day. Yeah. Try and it made me think, day. right, that actually it may have something to do with the way you are saying it. Yeah. If you keep huh. getting it, maybe it's you. <laughs> maybe if you start every conversation with, uh, lower your pitchfork, it's a problem, <laughs> yeah, you know, because correct. people will go, what pitchfork? What yeah. pitchfork? Are you calling me the devil? Are you calling me Satan? I don't have a pitchfork. Yeah. I only have a pen. So, you know, you know uh, wishing yeah. you well. Wishing la. you well mm. in everything that you do. Well yeah. done. Mm, I hope you graduate with uh, second class honours. Alright, it's time for our third and final segment, Bite Size Science. Yay. The segment in which our resident science expert, Kishin Kumar Singh, Yay. 
gives us some bite-sized signs to help us survive 21st century living. Mm-mm-mm. So what are we talking about today, Kishin? I don't want to talk about science. I'm very tired already. Eh? Today I'm going to talk about it's science. literally uh, in the title. <laughs> but you're talking li- about bite size, is it? No, I think a little bit of science. Ah, okay, okay. I'm talking about uh, sciences underachieving uh, twin brother, so- ah. social science. Oh dear. Yeah, social science. Uh, don't as, at me. Uh, don't as at someone me. from the Faculty of Arts and Social Science at the University of Mordor, <laughs> let me just say that I am partially offended. Partially? Uh, partially. Because, because half only, right? No, because mine was the arts, <laughs> not the social science. Yeah. Correct. Mm, yeah. Correct, correct. So today I want to talk about the science of, uh, or rather the social science of gratitude. Oh, indeed. Yeah. Mm. So like, I, I think we don't need to look too far, lah, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> To know that being a human in this world is very difficult. Wow, that's a rich. <laughs> Dear listen, let me just like replay that sentence for you. We don't need to look too far, lah, Hojo, to know that being a human being is very difficult. This this one my best friend. Yeah, yeah. correct. Mm. <laughs> no, like okay. The point I'm trying to get at is that we have this need to want to compare ourselves with another person all the time, whether it's the clothes that we wear, the body we inhabit, the things that we do, the things we don't have, the things we have, all sorts of things that we compare non-stop. Right. Okay, and I think this gotten worse with social media mm. and it became even worse with the pandemic mm. because the pandemic made us go onto social media like crazy mm. and we started to yearn for things that we once had and then people had access to certain things that we didn't have so we started comparing yeah. like crazy. Like, do you know in um, phase one, right, when you, because you were a teacher and you could actually be out in the world and then you, you know, text our WhatsApp chat saying, oh, I'm going to uh, Paragon supermarket today because it's near your school, right? I was so jealous of you because were you really? I only had access to the next door NTUC and the Sheng Xiong. Yeah. Hashtag Sheng Xiong sponsorship <laughs> campaign. <laughs> Yeah. Well done. <laughs> what a good in. Yeah, yeah. in there. But you know, I was just, you know, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah so, so it's a real thing. And I, I, so, to, to sum up this negative feeling right, in one word, I think we can call it dissatisfaction. Okay. This real dissatisfaction with, with life. Right. Okay. Uh, and this dissatisfaction is thick. It's freaking palpable. It's everywhere. And so a way to combat this dissatisfaction actually is through gratitude. Mm. Yeah. So what exactly is gratitude? I mean, to put it simply, Gratitude is just being thankful for certain things. I, could, I love that you had to explain. No, that like, because us. like yeah. some people may not may, may think that eh is it is there a social science understanding of what gratitude is? Right. But no, <laughs> it's really just like it's the English your garden variety. Yes, gratitude. your garden yeah. variety gratitude. But it's, it's not even gratitude for like abstract things. You know, it could be I'm just thankful for like oh the yellow in the curtains or I'm I'm thankful for the smell of. Um, the, the smell of the flowers that I have in the hall. Right. It's really gratitude in the simplest sense. For the smallest pleasures. For the smallest ple- pleasures. Right. Of course, it could be the most abstract or the big things as well. But, you know, you, it could be the smallest. Sure. It could be the smallest pleasure. And what um, what science has shown us is that when they, they did MRI scans and shit like that, is that uh, people who practice gratitude, parts of their brain got stimulated and these parts of the brain were related to feelings of reward and interpreting others' intentions. Mm. Now, I think interpreting others' intentions mean basically the part of the brain that empathizes or allows you to understand people better. Right. So I think it's quite interesting that when you practice gratitude, when you're grateful for things, you tend to feel you tend to feel better. That's what the science the science kind of shows. Right. And what is what was also interesting was that they did another... There's a lot of brain scans related to this study. Surprisingly, uh, they, they, they showed that gratitude inhibits envy. Can you imagine? It inhibits envy, materialism, narcissism. And in a way, what gratitude does is that it gives us a way to avoid uh, falling prey to any of the, I think, capitalist traps of the 21st century. Right. Which is 
kind of interesting that that would even happen at all. Right. Yeah, so for me, when I was reading this, I got I got reminded of a thing that I I used to do. I used to gratitude journal. Okay, which is <laughs> I know. Okay, which is a very You are such a nerd. Which is a very you weird You are such a nerd. Which is a very weird thing. Okay, I used to gratitude journal because I mean, disclaimer, a lot of this information comes from a video that I watch and that, that video told me that gratitude journaling can help me feel get to a better place lah. Right. so I just wanted to try it out um, but I, it, it didn't stick with me very much but what I took away from that was that a lot of small things that we there are a lot of small things that we can do to sort of hack our brain you know like meditation is one of them just literally sitting down and breathing mm. can hack your brain mm. then like just sitting down for once or twice a week and just listing things that you are thankful for mm. can hack your brain. Mm. Just going out, you know, like some people say, oh, if you're tired, just look out into the sky. Just look up at the window. Some people, I, I don't know if your parents used to say this, look at something green. Did they oh, ev- yeah. Did they ever say that or not? I always wondered if there was a scientific scientific principle behind that. I don't I don't know if it if there really is one. I think because Singapore had a lot of trees, they basically just asked you to look far away. It was just to rest your eyes. <laughs> I see. <laughs> it was just yeah. to rest your eyes. Lah. Yeah, but these little small things allow you to hack your brain in a way that we never thought possible. Right. Because sometimes we get ourselves so far deep into a rut mm. that doing these small things may seem so stupid, but we don't know how much of an effect that it actually has. So, I honestly don't know if gratitude works for me, but what I took away from this was that if there's a small thing that helps you out, even though it may seem stupid or inconsequential at first, I think do it and stick to it and see what happens. Right. For some people, it can be gratitude journaling. Uh, for others, it could be just sitting down and breathing. Right. Yeah, for, for some people, it's just walking. I think just do it. I think we forget sometimes we need to recenter mm. and we need to reset. And if gratitude, uh, uh, practicing gratitude allows you to reset and calm yourself in this crazy, nutty world that we live in, right? Then just do it, lah. I have some thoughts. Yeah, go for it. I I mean I think first of all it can't be bad to go around reminding yourself of the things that you are grateful for. Mm. You know, as long as it's not things like oh, you know, my jet plane. <laughs> or my $5 million house. If you are feeling grateful for those things, maybe you want to, you know, like we consider redistributing some of that wealth. Uh, but, you know, I don't think you're listening to our podcast. Actually, is it? Is it? Like, what happens if a person is truly gr- grateful for this excess I, uh, of wealth? I'm just giving a kind of rich person <laughs> bogey, crazy rich bogeyman lah. Who really knows the psychology of being that rich? I think that's, like, yeah, really. Ugh. No, but what I meant was, like, yeah. there is probably nothing wrong with, you know, cataloging or even reminding yourself of the things that you're grateful for. Mm. And this reminds me of this um, tweet format that's been making its rounds, right? Which is very funny, which is basically something like, you know, we were only meant to be walking around naked eating berries. And then, you know, now I've got a job and I got to go in nine to five. You know, it's the... There's something kind of like fundamentally alien to our nature as human beings, you know, in doing all the things that we are doing. Mm. In, we created all yeah, this. Yeah, we created right? all this. Like capitalism really? is, the, is the boogie, is the boogeyman here, mm. right? You know, and there's some truth to that. That you know, we are wound up into such terribly tight knots by structure, by capital, by competition, and all of these lead to kind of incredibly deep levels of anxiety that are probably quite. I guess unnatural. Yeah. Right? And so what I think what gratitude maybe is doing is is actually taking you outside of this structure for a brief moment to go, okay, so maybe 
like I'm not the richest person in the world, but what am I grateful for? For the natural things around me, you know, yeah. the fellowship of friends, the love of parents, the 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 warmth of the sun on my cheek, you know, the feel of grass under my feet, and this is why nature is so restorative, right? I think because it's there is something obviously elemental about it that. I think calls not only to our natural form but also our spiritual form. Yeah. And here I sound like one of those like you know singing bowl <laughs> like types sp- type spiritualist, right? But I really do believe this that mm. actually what I'm hearing with this whole gratitude thing is a taking oneself out of the 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 matrix, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I think I'm thinking about this in relation to how I saw a video one of our friends posted of her baby lying on the play mat mm. and then like um just kind of like totally engrossed with her auntie sticking a finger in her mouth. Oh yeah, I saw that right? one, yeah. And when I saw that, I was just like, this is an elemental form of pleasure. Yeah. That is so, you know, like she is so unfettered by structure and language and and identity and yeah. all of these things that come to define like modern human na- humanhood, right? That, you know, to... and And... Perhaps there is something kind of fundamentally grateful about infancy where your needs are met constantly and the smallest pleasures give you delight, yeah. right? And I guess we, we life is about, you know, moving further and further away from that state of innocence mm. and... Um, and ease, right? Yeah, and yeah. we we need to remind ourselves that it's okay sometimes to be babies. To be babies, to go back to yeah. whatever feels good, right? Yeah, and yeah, I think you're right. I think that's what gratitude and all these small things, whatever they may be for you, is la. You know, mm. like listening to all of this, I just wanted to read a poem. Oh, yeah, this made me think of a poem that I read a while ago, um, by Ross Gay, who is an American poet who writes extensively about. Uh, and very beautifully and simply about small pleasures, about daily pleasures, about and I think he, one of his collections was basically a catalog of things for which he was grateful. So like is you know and is listening to you just made me think of that. So this poem mm. that he wrote is called Overheard, Overheard, by Ross Gay. It's a beautiful day, the small man said from behind me, and I could tell he had a slight limp from the rasp of his boot against the sidewalk. And I was slow to look at him because I've learned to close my ears against the voices of passers-by, which is easier than closing them to my own mind. And although he said it, I did not hear it until he said it a second or third time, but he did. He said, it's a beautiful day. And something in the way he pointed to the sun unfolding between two oaks overhanging a basketball court on 10th Street made me, too, catch hold of that light, opening my hands to the dream of the soon blooming. And never did he say, forget the crick in your neck, nor your bloody dreams. He did not say, forget the multiple shades of your mother's heartbreak, nor the father in your city kneeling over his bloody child, nor the five species of bird this second become memory. No, he said only, it's a beautiful day. This tiny man limping past me with upturned palms shaking his head in disbelief. 
So, Kishan, what are you grateful for in life? Mm, at this moment, yeah. I'm very grateful for this podcast. Oh, me too. Yeah, it gives me an avenue to like be crazy and, and like, creative. creative, to let everything mm. out. So, it's nice. Correct. It's almost like therapy mm. a little bit, you know? It's nice. Mm, what I'm about gr- you, Joe? What am I grateful for? I am grateful for uh, the love of friends, mm-hmm. the kindness of strangers. For sure. And the fact that uh, even though it can be very hard, this is like this writing shtick and this making weird shit uh, is what I do for a living mm. because not everybody is so lucky. True that. Mm, true that. Mm. Mm. What are you grateful for, dear listeners? Yeah. Mm, tell us about it in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of T42. This has been Joel signing off. And this is Kishan. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.